podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Yes, guys, I'm Sai. Welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, a Monday night show for the public. What is going on? The world is a fun place. That's all I can say. So normally we do a Patreon members only show on Monday. You should get involved in that because they're a lot of fun. We talk about all sorts of wild shit, whether it's football or fucking all the other stuff which will get you cancelled. We do have a little chat about it. But um, tonight we're going a bit of unscripted. Reese is having a little week off. So um, Mr. Robert Boyle has joined me, the Fleurs under eight coach himself. <laughs> How are you, buddy? You all right? I'm wicked, mate. How are you? I'm very good, mate. I'm uh, very good. Just Your beard's looking nice and white. Oh, mate, it just gets whiter by the day. Yeah, I like Whiter's it, though. I dig it. I'm, I'm a fan of it. That's... I like so, it. It's like, I just embracing the grey, mate. The good thing is, see, I think I feel different about my grey, my grey beard and my grey head, which you can't see as much in this light, but it's quite grey. Um, <laughs> the thing I don't mind, I think, which helps me in terms of, like, just, again, not really bothering me is my missus likes it. So it's like, if that kind of eases the pain of looking older so there we go but um Matthew, yeah i'm still Matthew, yet to get any grease yet not to uh yeah, up a flower there we go um oh look at that guys has sent a super chat in straight away and he says um something dodgy about chelsea and the <laughs> saudi thing right well there we go that's, Great start. Uh, that's the subject to start i think mate so basically to sort of paraphrase the story has kind of come out today and last day or so, but mainly today, that the the Newcastle owners, PFI, which is basically the Saudi royal family, have invested in Clear Lake Capital, which is Chelsea's, um, like, what's the word I'm looking for? The majority shareholder of Chelsea. So, all right. You know, they can do that, they can invest it. You know, I'm sure they invest in all sorts of different companies around the world, and that's what people do when they invest in companies, so that's fine. But then you see, like, pretty much like Chelsea spent like 600 million in between January and the summer since they had the takeover, and people well, couldn't work out what the plan was, they just signed in everywhere possible, and even now they're still doing it. But the thing which is kind of a bit dodgy about it is that so this company's invested in it and then chelsea have to have a bit of a fire sale this summer to even otherwise they're going to have all sorts of problems with financial fair yeah. play they got like 30 players and whatever and then suddenly all these players who you know like they're asking man united for 80 million for mason mount with a year left on his contract and it's like you know that's probably not realistic is it but then it makes sense because they're selling they're, suddenly all the players they want to get rid of are going to go to Saudi Arabia, which takes all the pressure off. So uh, yeah. I think uh, Hakim Ziyech has already been linked with them. Kante's um, gone. Kante's gone. Koulibaly is due yeah. to go soon as well for like 20 million or something. He's like 32 and has been shit for last season, but they're going to get like 20 odd million. And it's like, I saw some tweets today saying like people saying, you know, it's pretty much a get out of jail free card for them, like because they were in trouble and they were going to have to literally sell pretty much anyone who had a good bid for to come in line with everything. They had too many players, they had like 30, 40 players, and, and you know, uh, Poch is going to want to sign players as well. They're still linked with every name under the sun, mm. and it's like it just makes it seem a bit of a farce, and then also like. There's just something dodgy. It's not even a loophole, really. It's just, it seems <laughs> dodgy. But last thing I'll say before I leave you, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> I did see a lot of people saying, do it like Chelsea fans defending it, is if you look at the players they are signing to that league generally, they're trying to get the biggest name Muslim players in the world, mm -hmm. which yeah. Ali and Ziyech and... Um, I'm not sure about Kante, but Benzema and these people, they do fall under that category. So I get it. But in the Chelsea specific case, no one else in the world is playing 20, 25 million for Koulibaly at the moment. 
I don't know how much Kante went for. And I'm trying to find the, the report or the tweet it was. I'm sure someone said that effectively the people with the money uh, in the Saudi league, they buy in players and then they allocate it to different clubs. I don't know how, you know, I don't know how true that is. I can't really comment on that. But it does sound a bit like... Hmm. <clears throat> what do you think of the Chelsea thing, mate? They've invested in that majority shareholder company and surely it's money laundering is it not i'm no um uh you know lawyer expert or anything like that by any means but sure doesn't that not fall into that category to be taking money from one person to another place money laundering is i think as far as i understand it's more if you make illegal money and then you use like a company what's legal about that yeah but the money to start with is coming from like a legal place if you like so mm. businesses and whatever whereas so for my understanding i think is for money laundering it's like say i'm like a drug dealer and i've got like two million quid in cash and i've got to kind of put it i can't just put it in my bank because then it looks suspect so i've got to like kind of find a way to so that's why you'll find people criminals if you like will use like cash businesses like taxi ranks or yeah, true. fast food places and or chelsea football club laundrettes chelsea football club yeah it's look it is it does feel a bit like come on like you got to be pretty blind to not think it's a bit suspect but if if there was something you'd like to think if there was something proper against any rules that fifa would step in but I saw some United fans saying, like, on social media, sort of saying, well, everyone's got a problem with state-owned um, football clubs now because Qatar are going to buy Man United. But they didn't have a problem when it was Man City or Chelsea, uh, Newcastle or whoever. And then it's like, even this, people don't people are talking about it, but there's no real, like, pushback from other clubs or anything like that. But I mean, obviously, it's only sort of come to light in the last couple of days. Um, it's yeah. difficult, mate. As it, once you've got these like trillionaire owners who've got like a bottomless pit of money, and money's no object, it's just kind of gets a bit murky. Then it? there's not nothing you can really do to if they're with if they stick within the rules, even if it's a bit disturbing or whatever or you don't like it i don't think there's much you can do however mm. there is rules regarding like conflicts of interest and stuff within football so like when what's his head bid for united uh the owner of nice uh jim ratcliffe he owns mm. nice, nice in france That's so right. they they've got to like they have to invest you know check with that and check the rules around that and then I think same with Qatar. Qatar had to show that, or the Qatari Sheikh who's bidding for United had to show that he wasn't linked to the PSG side of the Qatar owners and stuff like that. Now, I'm sure the fund at the top is probably the same in that case. In my opinion, I have no proof of that. And then different people running the two clubs. Does it take but, a genius to work out? But then ultimately, the I suppose. Power. Yeah, but then ultimately, if it's if it's different chairman, different owners, different you know, different people, just effectively two different companies, but then they're owned by the same people at the top. Is there a conflict of interest? I mean, I don't know. But then I I say that I don't know, and then I said to my mate the other day, like, say PSG sell Mbappe to United, and FIFA say, right, have you paid that? And then. It's coming out with the same back, same fund of money in it, so it's like, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, we paid it definitely, and it's like, oh yeah, we paid them two hundred and fifty million straight up, like for you it's know, just, all it's coming the same tab, just going different bottles. That's all it is. Yeah, so it's a bit, it's, it's just money made in football. It just, it's all a bit murky, and I don't know what I don't know how best to describe it, but it's just a bit. I find it a bit depressing, if anything. Like it's just. It's just money, money, and money, and more. See, I feel like as each year passes, we lose a bit from football in terms of how we 
see it and the, the emotional connection to it. There's a question for you then. Obviously, you're very much hypothetical, and I have no doubt your answer might be different if it was a reality. But say, for example, Cardiff was like Newcastle, for argument's sake. Mm-hmm. We had these big boy owners come in. I want Cardiff to be state-owned. Yeah, give and me, we were like that. Yeah, give me a trillion. Like... I'm the biggest hypocrite in the world. Like. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but it's like, but I think that goes for all football fans, doesn't it? That's, that's the problem, if, isn't it? In the cold light of day, right? If it, mo- I would say 90% of football fans who, who love their clubs in the privacy of their own home would admit that they all want like those millionaire owners, you know? Like so we all want a, a daddy, like a sugar daddy, who's going to come into our club and enable us to push on, whatever that may be. You in Cardiff's case, you want to sign the best players available and then push on into the Premier League, play good football, watch good football. We all want that, mm. and if we could do it without the money, and just employ like a good manager who's going to do these things, we'd all love to do that. But the fact is, money has a massive impact on us. So if you use the championship as an example. You can have certain teams like a Luton say you've got a good manager in place, good structure, and they build season by season. But also, for every one of them, you've got a Burnley or a Southampton or a Leicester who are going to come down, got fucking hundreds of millions of pounds in parachute payments and what they've already earned in the Premier League and what they'll make from selling a couple of their big names. Hmm. How can someone like Cardiff, for instance, Oh, there's other you can't compete with that and so i know the first thing some people will say well you're going to sign aaron ramsey on a free well yeah maybe so you buy the game on friday was i granted i didn't watch a full game but by all accounts from what brief parts well, no the problem is is wales did the, the bit i saw was wales were making the same mistakes they made in the world cup no legs in the midfield like and the midfield uh midfielders are too far apart and what was I talking about with Aaron Ramsey last week with Cardiff? If they're going to just sign Aaron Ramsey and stick him in a midfield with Joe Rawls and whoever's there now, we're going to, he's, going to, he's going to look shit. We're going to get overrun because he hasn't got the legs. He's got the creativity and the technical ability if you can get him to full fitness. But you've got to put two young midfielders in there with him who can do the legs and do the work and hopefully have a bit about them with the technical side as well. But going back to the original point, yeah. Premier, the Premier League clubs come down. They got hundreds of millions in parachute payments. Then they sell their big name players. They still hold on to a few of the players who are probably Premier League players. They bring in a couple of championship, you know, top championship players. And then nine times out of ten, they go straight back up. And, you know, bar a couple. And the ones that don't go straight back up, if they don't go up, it basically, if you don't go up before your parachute payments, finish which i think is three years or two years if you don't yeah, go up in if you don't go up in those in those two seasons with the parachute payments you end up in like being stuck in the championship because and this happened to many cardiff included you've got to go up when you've got the parachute payments because after that the drop in the money you receive week to week year to year compared to when you're in the premier league is massive and it's very difficult to compete with people so in answer to your original question, yeah, of course I would want a sugar daddy to come in and take over Cardiff. Would I do I want Cardiff to be state owned? No. Would I complain if they were? No. Here's the thing, right? I don't want Cardiff to be state owned, but not because I don't want Qatar or I don't want Saudi Arabia or whoever. All these different clubs which are uh, countries which are kind of buying football clubs. It's not them that I don't want. I don't want I wouldn't want the British government royal family to own Cardiff. I wouldn't want the Welsh government or whatever royal you know like it's not a like a Middle East thing if you like or it, it's just generally I would prefer countries and royal families to not own football clubs. Hmm. But that ship sailed now. That's so gone bro. As a Cardiff fan or as a fan of any club. So say United, I bet you if you polled 99% of United fans, right? And you said three months ago, do you want to be owned by Qatar? 
they would all say, no, I don't want to be state-owned. However, the Glazers effectively bought United with a loan for like 600 million or whatever it was, then mm. put that loan on the club. So they got their 600 million back and the club was paying off that. Then they took out one and a half billion. So they've already had their initial loan back, made a hundred and uh, sorry, uh, one and a half billion in investments. Or yes, they've spent money, but they haven't spent money. They've just used the club's money. So the Glazers have already made one and a half billion in dividends, and now they're going to sell the club for six billion. It's like how is that? How can that possibly be legal? Work like, and that, actually, that has been closed. Re- like last week, they changed the rules, didn't they? That you can't do a leverage buyout where so you can't buy yeah. a club with a loan. But like Jim Ratcliffe, that's why a lot of United fans have turned on him now because he's using a loan, but he's putting it against Ineos, which is his company, which owns Nice, and then he's going to keep the Glazers in a you know, so they haven't got any power, but they're still getting paid. So United fans are like, fuck that, we want these cunts out. Yeah. So it's like, and then suddenly now, I would say the, the percentage of people in the United fan base who were against state ownership now has changed because they yeah, know really the, only, the only way they can compete on a financial le- level now, and you're talking the biggest football club in the world, arguably, certainly in the top three, right? The only way they can financially compete with the likes of Madrid, Barcelona, PSG, Man City, whoever, Bayern, the only way they can financially compete is by having state ownership. So if you look at that as a from a purely outside thing, the only way that Manchester United can compete is to have state ownership. Then football's got a massive problem because mm. if one of the biggest clubs in the world can't do it, and I think what you'll see is United will get taken over by Qatar, and over the next few years they'll be back to where they were previously in terms of Champions League semi-finals, competing for the title, whatever. But then Liverpool now will have the same issue with. FSG, where they're not as bad as the Glazers, but it's effectively the similar thing. They're taking out money, yeah. That you know they're signing players, but they're cheap and they're bargains, and they're not. You know they they weren't in for Bellingham, for instance, who they'd already had talks with and stuff, and it changed to McAllister, who's thirty-five million quality player, but mm. it's a different different level. And I think when Liverpool fans see. United, they're under that Qatar ownership and they're suddenly signing or they're in for the best players and they're competing in the Champions League and stuff like that. They will then start asking more and they already question the ownership in fairness to them. As much as I dislike Liverpool, you know, the majority of their fan base is quite intelligent when it comes to things like this. And it's like, I think the Chelsea thing is dodgy as fuck. I think... Ultimately, all fans would prefer their club to be not owned by like a state. I think you need money, mate, to to, to compete. This the fact. So yeah, I just wonder. Anyone, sorry, mate. Last thing I was going to say is anybody who says that they wouldn't want their club to be owned by. Someone who is like a multi-billionaire is lying. Anyone. And if that means state ownership or whoever, they're lying, mate. Because everyone wants it because everybody wants their club to compete. It's just unfortunate. Everybody wants it for their club, but no one wants it either. Do you see what I mean? We're, all, hip- We're all hypocrites. Yeah, pretty out there. If anyone in, who's watching or whatever like, would disagree, then yeah, I, yeah, I'll, speak I'll now forever. Hold your peace. Yeah, that's it, mate. Um, Matthew just said that uh, Morrell's been given a red card in the Wales game. Marvellous. Absolutely marvellous. But but uh, such is life. I think um, I do agree, though. Like Gavin says, like Jude Bellingham was so much, you can get three players for that. I agree mm-hmm. with that. And I'm, I, I'm not saying that Liverpool were wrong to pull out with that deal. And what I'm saying is that we all want our club to compete. And at the moment, last season for Liverpool could be written off as like a, you know, the aging squad. We need a bit of investment, etc. It's a one-off. 
but what happens if for instance let's just let's let's dream dream scenario right in terms of not dream but like hypothetical right say united get qatar and and Bappe or some crazy shit which because they'll want to make you know a statement when they sign come in so yeah. they'll sign whoever plus the players that ten Hag actually wants mm. chelsea we've already <clears throat> discussed have got this investment from newcastle's owner to get around their financial fair play which means whoever potch wants they will get looks i think they'll madly crazily enough i think chelsea will end up getting casado who they don't really need but they will end up getting him and he's a quality footballer um so chelsea will compete because they've got the money and the manager and everything in place to now push on providing that the american guy stays out of it because i do feel like one day he's going to turn up at half time and go right you're sacked potch right then boys what's happening you're going to play here goalie you're going up front but yeah um <laughs> the chelsea yeah. chelsea over the net but what i think is a relative in this hypothetical, it's a relatively safe bet to assume that Chelsea, with the backing and the manager they've got, will be competing at least in the sort of top three there or thereabouts. Then, if United get Qatari ownership, they will compete. And remember, with the Qatari ownership, they get rid of the debt, so they haven't got that holding them back. So they will be in that sort of top three competing. You know, Man City. Well, they're they're going to be there because they're who are the, they got the players already, and they've got a bottomless pit of money. Then you've got Newcastle, who are in the top four already, and have got a bottomless. Literally, out of all of them, Newcastle are probably the richest in terms of how much money the owners have got access to. Obviously, is there's certain rules with what you can spend and that. But so they're going to be there. So that's four clubs straight away. Then you've got Liverpool have made a good sign in McAllister. They make a couple more good signings. From a footballing point of view, you'd expect them to be there. They've got a good manager. And if they get the right players, they should be competing. But can Liverpool, for instance, compete financially with those four that I just mentioned? If we're being realistic, they can't. <coughs> so well, say, say, say X player comes up in a couple of years, right? I don't know, player X, right? And he's... He's 19-20, banged in the goals, loads of assists. He is the guy. Right? All those four clubs will be in for him. If Newcastle is still in the Champions League, they'll be in for him. United will be in for him with Qatar. Man City will be in for him. Chelsea will be in for him. Madrid will be in for him. Barcelona will be in for him. Liverpool financially will not be able to compete with that. Not just Liverpool, by the way. I'm just using Liverpool as an example. Mm. They won't be able to financially compete. So then you have a problem where, at the moment, fans are already questioning the FSG owners a little bit not quite as intensely as the glazer out thing but it's it's you know it's, it's it's there there's a bit of a murmuring going on and we haven't even talked about you know the habitual underachievers like spurs but how are brighton supposed to kick on there's an example for you mate so take liverpool. liverpool obviously have got a lot of history and the size yeah. of the club is big let's look at brighton brentford um who else was up there towards the end of the season Fulham. Um, so these clubs, right, from a footballing point of view, right now, they should be looking to keep their best players mm. and kick on to try and break into the top six regularly. That's years gone by. That's what would have happened. Yeah. But now, in order for them to strengthen their squads, they have to sell their best players to the teams above them. So they have to sell Casado, McAllister to Liverpool. They have to sell Casado to Chelsea. And bear in mind, they finished above Liverpool. They beat United, they beat City, whoever. Like, but they get Villa as well. Like these clubs, they're going to sell their best players to the teams that should who are financially the biggest, and they've got to start again. And look, Brighton have been phenomenal at just selling their best players and just finding these players who just slot in and almost get them even better. I just think eventually that's going to not work, and it against teams who can just sign a player. They could spend 200 million in the summer. And then in January, they're like, well, that didn't work. Let's go and spend 600 million. Yes. You can't. And that's where it becomes a bit of a farce. And I'm talking from a sporting competition point of view. I've always wondered, right? A great example with Brighton with their recruitment process. 
why don't like like these big clubs or whatever go after sign the staff? Oh, I can I can answer this. Go on, you finish your point. I can answer it though. Oh uh, no, I just wondered. That's all. Why don't they go so, get straight to the you know get it from the horse's mouth as it were? Yeah. So here's a is a really good example <coughs> of, of like the the kind of bad ownership in these clubs, particularly the bigger clubs in the in the Premier League. So um, Solskjaer and his scouts went to the Glazers and Edward Wood and said they wanted to sign Harland and Casado. I think at the time they could have got Harland for about three million, and they could have got Casado for about I think it was about the same, maybe less. Um, because the scouts had said that they fancied them. Solskjaer had looked at them and he knew Haaland. The players mm. were interested in coming. And the Glazers and Ed Woodward said, no, because we're going to go and sign. I can't remember who it was, but it was someone like Falcao or... or Lukaku, Kano, maybe. Maria, Lukaku. And all these players who failed and have gone since. And it's like... I talked about it a little bit last week in terms of, as managers, like... There's no time now. You have to almost earn the right to be able to, at the top end, you have to, particularly, you have to earn the right. You almost have to win trophies to then be able to go, right, I want to build and sign like an unknown player from South America or wherever, from Scandinavia, and say, right, he's 18, we're going to give him a few years, but in five years' time, he's going to be, you know, the next big thing. But you have to earn that right to sign those players because, first of all, you've got to get the players for now who cost more to try and compete and get that. Otherwise, you get sacked after you lose yeah. X amount of games. And the pressure on managers is, is ridiculous, mate. No manager anywhere from the Premier League down to the Championship, if they lose five on the bounce, is probably going to get sacked. Um, Matthew Angel says, membership renewed. Nice one, Matthew. Thank you very much, mate. Always good to have uh, members coming back or, or new members. Good to have you back, buddy. Um, Just got to get Josh signed now, Matt. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's, you know um, what I mean? Yeah, like, mate, members are what keeps the channel going uh, and keeps us, keeps us, keeps the lights on, as it were. Um, but it's difficult, mate, because. You know, you you want you do need money in football to keep clubs going, and there's nothing worse than seeing these big sort of traditional clubs with history folding. Like Barry, I know Barry, you're making a bit of a comeback, but like over the last few years, there's been clubs folding, and you look at like Wigan now, like they're in so much trouble. So you do need these people to invest in football, but it's just frustrating that it's almost taking the sporting competition side out of things. Because I look at that Premier League, let me bring it up, right? But the Premier League table from last year was really interesting because, like, Brighton, for me, you look at the way they played and the way they competed throughout the season, right? Um, like, they really should be looking to kick on now. Like, there's no way they should, be set, should have been selling, like, Casado and... McAllister and you know a few others or whatever where they sell like really they should have been looking to keep those players and build around them but they can't because then they can't strengthen their squad and it's like a vicious circle and it gets it I think it spoils the like the football side of things because you've got Man City won trouble right congratulations good for them wicked but they've also over the last like five or six years, Pep has bought like a new centre back every year. Yeah, it's like fifty million on. And the one is linked as well. Like Laporta, so Laporte. No, he's not good. No, I'm going to sign someone else. But less started with Lescott and like just a new one every year. Not everyone is able to do that. Just bang out like fifty to seventy million on striker, <clears> and it's like no. And and like Gavin says, McAllister was going all day to be honest. And I, I do get that, but my point isn't that, you know, McAllister might want to leave or whatever, but my point is, the way the league table was, so you had top four of City, Arsenal, United, Newcastle, Liverpool, okay? So you take them out of it. After that, it's Brighton, Villa, Tottenham, Brentford, Fulham. 
they should all be looking to really like right. We got a good like Brighton finished sixth, only a couple of points, a few points behind the Champions League spaces. So they should be looking at like from a sporting point of view, how can we get in the Champions League spots next year? Or how can we challenge for that? How can we get better next year? Well, I would suggest not having to get rid of McAllister and Quesado would be a good start. Question for you. Yeah. Do you think we'd be better off just saying, sound, piss off to the Super League, you all do your own thing, off you go, we'll do our own thing. And that's just not the premiership with the league clubs or whatever. Um, around Europe, just say, off you fudge, do your own thing, we'll go about our business. Well, there's, and- two, there's two sides to that, isn't there? Like, I'm from, from the football sporting side of it, it is yeah, great. It would make everything more competitive. But from a financial side of it, the Premier League wouldn't get the money that it would get. Yeah, because Sports would chase yeah. it. Well, every, everything would. Sponsors, everyone, they're going to follow United, Liverpool, City, whoever goes, right? But here's the more worrying thing for me, right, is that Saudi Arabian League, mate, at the moment, they're signing like Benzema and Ronaldo and all these players to their league. They got like trillions and trillions of pounds of dollars, whatever. Like they got so much money. They're signing these players. And if you noticed, started with Ronaldo, Benzema, like 37, 36, whatever. But now you've got like Ruben Neves from Wolves. He could have gone to Liverpool, United, Madrid. Like he's good enough and young enough. He's in the prime of his career. And he's going like you look at Oscar, who's playing in China for the last couple of years. Like, good for them. They get, they get, they get in the bag and wicked. But like, they're not exactly like they weren't exactly like struggling to pay their rent no. playing playing at, you know in Europe or whatever. And look, there is a bit of kind of like almost snobbery about it, right? Because we're all like, oh, you know, the Champions League, Europe, the Championship, Premier League. It's all you know. It's, it's that's where the best. That's where you have to go to compete and be the best. But like you know, maybe in 10, 15 years, the Saudi league will be right up there with the the Premier League and the and the Champions League and the rest of it. And that's good. I think Saudi building their league is good. Buying players from Chelsea, who I don't believe for a second they necessarily would be their first choice because they've invested in that company and they know that the problems which are clear for everyone to see in the next few months, that's a problem. And I just, uh, yeah, look, it's, it is like you look at David De Gea, right? He's been on 375 grand a week at United for the last few years, which is outrageous, but the reason he got it is because he was the only player who was performing. He was getting player of the year every year and he was going to go back to Spain to Atletico. So they had to pay him bucks to stay. So then he he had negotiated to have his wages reduced to like 200 grand, well, bless him, a year next year and stay. But then Saudi Arabia have come in and said, oh, we'll pay you fucking 400 grand a year. So. Ah, oh, mate. Do you know what I mean? Uh, it's, um, it's brutal, mate, isn't it? Do me a favour, mate. I've just got a, a phone call which I have to answer. Um, oh, no, it's gone. It's fine. It's fine. Go on. <laughs> it's, it's fine. Go on, carry on. No, what were you going to say, mate? I don't know. What was I going to say? Um, just in answer to what I just said, I guess, about, like, I'm all up for Saudi Arabia uh, making their league. You know, I, I would love it if that Saudi league is up there in a few years alongside La Liga, the Premier League, etc., yeah. What I have an issue with is that it's, I'm not sure it's like that Chelsea thing is dodgy as hell to me. Like, I think that's a problem. Yeah, I think as well. How many years do we get there before there's a combined tournament during end of season or as going alongside? Uh, the European competitions where it's uh, Saudi Arabian teams competing against 
European teams in a, in a tournament of some sorts, a Champions League module, not a, a Super League. Maybe that might be a few years down the line, but I would not be surprised in the slightest if there's a tournament um, created or you may even start as a friendly tournament and it'll snowball where the Saudi teams are playing European teams on a yearly basis and it's it'll snowball because of all these elite money grabbing turds that's gone over there and it'll become a thing and it'll be a proper tournament. I, I guarantee that'll be a thing in the next five years. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, mate. I think also, like, the Super League thing, that'll rear his head again very shortly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that the way they'll get around it is they will make it out a bit effectively to be like a, like, they're basically like an, an additional sort of Champions League and they'll do it at times where it doesn't interfere with, you know, the domestic seasons and blah, blah, blah. But it's all the same bullshit, mate, and it? Like, it's all the same lies and same shit different smell yeah the people who the people who suffer will be the fans have to buy more subscriptions have to pay more to go and see teams and this is the issue is that it's always the football fans who suffer um so obviously i said about like the difficulties that managers have in terms of you know you lose five games on the bounce and you're done pretty much wherever you are like the pressure's unreal Someone who did a good job this year was Gary O'Neill. Oh, yeah. Um, like, he kept them up, but he not only kept them up, he got them pushed right up the table to the point where they were never even in the relegation battle, like, after a certain point. They they finished 15th comfortably. They did lose four of the last five games, which kind of, I suppose that backs up my point, doesn't it? Like, he did a tremendous job, yeah. kept them up. They weren't in the relegation battle come the business end of the season. But he lost four of the last five games and he's been sacked. And outrageous decision for me. But they <laughs> straight away they've appointed uh, Andoni Irala as their new head coach. He signed a two-year deal because um, he had just finished with uh, Rayo Valenciano in Spain. His contract had expired. Um, to me, like they finished 11th in the Spanish top flight last year. I don't think that's particularly like... Is that much better than what Gary O'Neill did, really? Or is it no. just because he's got a exotic name and <laughs> like Gary O'Neill did an amazing job, mate. And um I thought he should have been in the conversation, not winning it, but he should have been in the conversation for manager of the year with Deserby from Brighton and a few others. Oh, yeah. But you know, it's not fashionable enough, mate. But Gary O'Neill did a tremendous job, and I think it's honestly the fact that he has been sacked. Should everybody in football should be looking at that thinking, fuck's sake, like, what are we doing here? You know, I really think it's that bad. I think it's that outrageous that he's been sacked. Um, Do you know the best thing about that? Sorry to jump in on you. Mm. <clears throat> there was a comment by the owner or whatever he is for Bournemouth. And he went, um, I know he'll be successful in his next job or some something along those lines. And I was thinking, if you... If you know he's going to be successful, fucking give him a full pre-season. See, give him a full season in charge. A pre-season, go into a full season. Like, I just, oh, I just don't get it. But I don't. Yeah, get mate, it. it's outrageous. And you know what? Like all these people, like the LMA Managers Association and the people from the PFA and the Premier League, banging on about like. Managers not get uh, players, British players not getting a chance as managers, and blah blah blah. But you know why those statistics are so bad, right? It's because the likes of Lampard and Gerard, um, now they're going to take over from what like Pulis and Sam Allardyce and all these other guys used to be, where you just get the same man British managers going around, they fail. They fail, they go to another club. They fail there, they go to another club. And then yeah, you have a young man, young managers who do well. Like, look at Carl Robinson, mate. Was at MK Dons for fucking years. Killing it. Did he ever get a chance at a championship club? Or a, a, a lower Premier League club? Or anything like that? Probably wouldn't even get a fucking interview. Yet, 
it will have and this is what's gonna happen you look at lampard already chelsea shit everton worse went back to chelsea even worse guarantee you by christmas he'll have another job in the premier league guarantee yeah. it how is that possible yeah gary well, neil has just kept bournemouth up and gets sacked and then they'll moan to people about how oh no british managers they don't get a chance well that's because you keep sacking the good ones for a fashionable name and you keep employing the shit ones so of course your statistics are slanted yes and Carl Robertson wasn't he? Um, I just used him as an example, like, but you know, oh no, but no, he did no, well for a long time, and he was the um, dodgy. I fucking can't stand him, Sam Aldice's bitch when he took over temporary at Leeds, wasn't he? When he an assistant or something like that for I Fat Sam at him, Leeds mate. briefly. I'm not sure. I don't. I honestly don't. I'm know sure he was, mate. I'm sure he was part of the coaching staff of Robbie Keane. Robbie Keane's. Fat Sam and um, Carl Robinson, which is a weird combination. I'm sure he was part of their, his assistant or backup or some rubbish like that he was. But I bet he didn't get a sniff from doing anything, really. Mm. But, yeah. Yeah, mate, it's outrageous that Gary Neal got sacked. And, and talking about the same managers getting the same jobs and going round and round, Brendan Rodgers is the new um, Celtic manager. Look, in one way... I think it's not a bad appointment. No. But same managers get the jobs all the time. And it's just a different group of managers now because the other managers have kind of aged out, like your Tony Pulises and the rest of them. Although they still get linked with championship jobs. Mick McCarthy's and your Tony Pulis and Sam Allardyce. And like they're all still going to get linked with these jobs. And this is the problem is um, it's like clubs will go after the name instead of the performance. Mm. So if you, there's managers out there, British managers out there, young ones who have done well, but maybe they've done well at a lower league because they've had to go into a lower league to bloody get a chance at a job. But Gary, ne- Gary O'Neill hasn't done that. Gary O'Neill has taken over a club in free fall in the first half of the season, steadied the ship, kept them up in the Premier League. But that's not good enough. So, like, what more, does that one, get? one more can he do? Do you know what I mean? Like, were they expecting him to qualify for Europe, finishing the top <coughs> ten? Like, what was what was their aim? Yeah. Like, what did they? How could he have kept his job? Like, what could he have done? Was he supposed to get in the Champions League spots? Well, I mean, fucking, they were like everyone's favorite when he took over. Pretty much everyone was saying, "Oh, they're already down." And they weren't even in the discussion at the end of the season. So, oh, mate, outrageous. Really bugged me. Uh, really, really bugged me. You think? I, think, I think also it's because he's an ex-Cardiff Loney and, and I liked him. And he was a good boy as well. What do you think? He was he awesome at Cardiff. But like, it's just outrageous, mate, i got to say. But like, talking to the money and like people being able to compete, like Madrid, they want Mbappe. But PSG have said, no, you can only have him for 200 million, but to everyone else, he's 150. They went to Harry Kane and Tottenham said, we want 100 whatever million. And they've gone, fucking hell, like, I'm not paying 100 million for someone with a year left on the contract, even both cases. So they've signed um, Josie Lu. Lu. Yeah, who used to play for Stoke, it's Espanol. Uh, he's thirty-three year old striker. He's effectively like a he's, he is pretty much a journeyman. But yeah, I'm sure with the players they've got behind him and around him, that he'll do really well, mate. He'll score. He, he he's probably not bought to score goals. He's bought to link up the play, isn't he? Like when you got Vinicius Junior and Bellingham and Montes he's a Spanish and... Giro mate. Yeah, he'll, I, um, he'll do the donkey I, I, work, wouldn't he? Yeah. He's, um, I think he's, only but, played like two, he's made like two or three caps for Spain. Um, and he scored literally in a few minutes of coming on when Spain played. Uh, cool. I can't think of it. was the other day when I was watching. And he come on and just literally scored straight away, pretty much. But he is, that is literally what he is. He's a he's a big boy, good in the air, and he is basically going to be a Spanish Giroud. Like, that's effectively what he is. Um, if that's what Madrid is going if that's what Madrid have got to do, like, surely that should in itself should be setting off alarm bells to the rest of football. 
like mm. oh, Jesus, like Madrid need a striker. Benzema's left, and they've signed like a journeyman, probably because they've spent a big chunk on Jude Bellingham, although they didn't spend anywhere near what the Premier League clubs were quoted, which is interesting. Um, but that's that sets off alarm bells, mate, as well in terms of finances, because if Madrid can't sign Harry Kane or um, Osman or all these like players, strikers, Mbappe, like these are the best strikers available in the world, best strikers in the world, and they're available. Madrid need a striker, and they're not going for him at the moment. They're signing someone, and you know it might be that they picked him up cheap with the plan to go back in for one of those names I mentioned later in the window. Yeah, they got a bit more leverage then because they could, if everyone knows you haven't got a striker. They're not going to budge on the price. Oh, he, he will score. He will score for them, of course. He will get a few, good few goals with, you know, with, like you say, with Rodrigo and Vinicius Junior and 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 the like around him. He, of course, he will. But well, you're talking um, like, um, you know, Madrid as well, mate. Renowned for signing the best players <laughs> in the world. Excuse me. The best players in the world at their peak as well. Mm. You know, so if they're not in for Mbappe, who's available and <coughs> available and. Uh, it was the other one I said, Mbappe, Kane, Oshman, like three of the hottest yeah. strikers in Europe. Like, they, you know, if they're not in for them, like, what, what hope has the rest of the clubs got now? You know, yeah, it's gonna be, there. um, gonna be an interesting couple of years, mate. Yeah, it's gonna be mental, mate. The, the transfer window over the next couple of years is just gonna be insanity. Really I'm just waiting to see when Newcastle start signing. Like, are they going to go full on FIFA career mode, or are they going to uh, have a little dabble every now and again? Because they were linked with um, who's that Italian midfield? I can't think where his name is. Uh, friend of Milan. Yeah, uh, Barella, Nico Barella, um, who's bloody quality. Yeah, he is. Give me a statement signing. If they sign him, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just mental, mate. And all these te- all these names get linked to all these players, and it's just, yeah. Well, that's a bit depressing. I just saw uh, second half just kicked off in the Wales game, and Ben Cabango, who I highly rate, has um, come on for Brennan Johnson. Um, looks like it's partially injury injury related, but also because we're down to ten men. Uh, Brennan Johnson only just come back from injury as well. Is it nil nil? Yeah. Um, right. Okay. Let's have a look see. Um, so, is there anything else I wanted to discuss? Let me see. Don't think. I think that was pretty much the main subject. Um, or apart from anyone, anyone. Whoever tells me that Thomas Party is on the same level as Casemiro can get stuffed forever, twice on Sundays. Um, looks like Arsenal might even be willing to sell him. So, oh, there you before go. I forget, have you seen about Ch- uh, Arsenal apparently linked with a 60 or 50 million bid for Kai Havertz from Chelsea? It's uh, <laughs> a weird one, that, isn't it? What so then- the fudge is they doing with that? Yeah, it's a I weird one, isn't it? But then, is the thing, right, mate? Is this is how I look at it? Is say you're Arsenal or United fan, right? And you've got both of you, both, you've got good managers who've done well for you so far. Now you've got to back them. So if they want Kai Havertz, or Mason Mount, or whoever. You've got to back them. And even if you don't see it as a fan, maybe even the people who, okay, the transfers of the club, maybe they don't see it as well. I think if your manager's shown enough that he's the real deal, you've got to trust his judgment. I think Kai Havertz is absolutely shite, and I think he's one of the worst Premier League hit signings in history. I think he's been absolutely disgraceful for Chelsea. But... There's obviously a reason why Arteta wants him, whether it's because he thinks he'll fit in the system, 
or he thinks he's a good utility forward to have off the bench. He can play wide, he can play through the middle, and he suits the style Arsenal play. I, I have no idea, mate. I don't see it myself. I think there's much better players that he could get for probably less. But as if I'm an Arsenal fan or I'm the Arsenal board, if that's who he wants and it's the finances work, you've got to do it. You've got to do it. Mm. Yeah, I I mean, the thing is, like, he's shown, like, Chelsea played him as a striker, I think, for quite a bit um, during the season and doesn't score. So you play him as a uh, attacking midfielder, which they got Odegaard to do that. So why would you do... Why would you pay, uh, pay sixty million pound for potentially a backup attacking midfielder? Yeah, yeah, it's mental, mate. I just, I really don't. I don't understand. Understand, that. don't understand the logic behind it. But as it, it might be yeah. all fart no poo, mate. Do you know what I mean? It may just be just rumours and. Well, it does no seem as, it does seem as if it's got some legs, doesn't it? Um, yeah. So I guess we'll have to wait and see what's what, but. Um, We'll wrap it up there, mate, because um, i got places to go, people to see now. Um, yeah, drama. You can be a taxi driver for my kids and wife um, from, like, three different places around South Wales. <laughs> that sounds so, horrendous. Just, just what I want to be doing at 9 o'clock at night on a Monday. But there we go. Um, as always, mate, an absolute pleasure to chat. Likewise. And um, obviously, we'll, uh, we'll speak to you soon, buddy. Um Please do sign up for Patreon like Matthew Angel did earlier tonight. What a legend. And uh, it really just it helps the channel keep going, mate. Uh, all of you, please just do yeah, it, you know. Price of a coffee per month, but it literally keeps the keeps the lights on for the channel, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be back on Wednesday for the Cardiff show, stroke championship show. And uh, we'll see you then. Take it easy. Nice one, guys. Ta-da now. Podcast Network.